0: high fly ball into deep left field. Schwarber turns and looks and it's gone! Eloy Jimenez has just hit
1: a two-run bomb. And it's 3-1 to White Sox. Jimenez floats around the bases here at Wrigley Field in his first ever game against his former team.
2: Ah, baseball. I recognize those two guys. Yes, you do, buddy. Darren Jackson, the pride of Culver City High School, second-round draft pick of your Chicago Cubs in 1981, played on the White Sox twice, including the 1994 White Sox DJ who may have won the World Series had there been a baseball season. I kind of want to start the conversation there uh with everything that's going on with baseball right now dj first of all thank you for being on we really appreciate it good to hear you my friend
1: hi carm yeah great hearing your voice andy of course always a pleasure getting back together with you and uh it's good hearing your call there on uh, the home run and for a second there was a flash that uh oh man it's summer it's baseball and 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 then just like that you realize wait a minute yeah we're not playing so it's unfortunate, but uh, you know what? In the end, I'm glad to sit here and have the conversation with you guys about whatever you want to talk about.
2: So, yeah, we're going to try to cover a lot here, but let, let's start with baseball. And Andy and I were having a discussion to start the show. Listen, I want baseball back. Andy wants baseball back. You want baseball back. But there's this narrative out there, DJ, that if they don't figure out how to play this year, baseball is doomed forever. And I just want to remind everyone that yeah, maybe they'll lose some fans, but baseball's never going anywhere. We love the game. And if they can't figure it out this season and fans aren't going to be going to games most likely this year anyway, let's not, let's not act like baseball's not going to exist in 2021. Like, the game comes back. It was ugly in 94. You didn't have a World Series. It's 95 didn't start on time. But then baseball came back, and we're still here today, and the game is plenty healthy. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this, or no?
1: Well, yeah, I see where you're going with it. But, I mean, honestly, obviously with me being in the game for as long as I have been, I've been around You know, lockout strikes. Uh, I've seen baseball missed. I've seen the loss of a World Series. I was with the White Sox in 94, as you pointed out where baseball was gone and for the second time in the history of the world series, it was was not played, but for reasons that were just contractual. So I I don't, I don't like what's taking place. Obviously that we're not back uh, or even discussing the point of really getting back on the field. They're so far apart owners and, and the players union right now that, you know, fingers crossed that just like that, they decide, for the greater good, we figure this out and we get back out on the field, whatever the situation is. Obviously, there's a lot more at stake than just getting out on the field and playing games. I mean, all the bases, they need to be covered. You know, socially right now, we can't even go out and do the things in life that we'd like to. But again, I, I do believe that entertainment is a big important factor in people's lives to sit back, relax, and actually feel some normalcy again. But next season 2021 obviously it's the end of a major league contract between the players and the owners and that's an issue because yep. if you're having problems now how's it going to get better going into the end of the contract next year i i don't know what this is snowballing into i don't i don't like where it's going i don't like any of it because in the end um you you had so much peace for so long both sides realizing the importance of getting along And now all of a sudden it seems like that's just not the case. And it's the worst time in the world's history for this to take place, in my opinion, because there's so much more going on than contract talks around the world. So uh, I, I really wish that this could just somehow get past the contractual issues and the big picture of just giving us some entertainment again any way you could. And that goes from both sides, figuring out that middle ground, even if you have to sacrifice on both sides in big ways.
0: Yeah, and I was kind of making that point a little bit earlier with Carm, too, about the fact that it's it's really important to me in this economic time that uh, fans don't hear them talking about money because there's a lot of people out of work, there's a lot of people that are struggling to survive at this point, and also if, if the other sports have figured out a way to get back, it looks bad. It's bad optics, isn't it?
1: There's no doubt, and that's obviously something I discuss with my family and people that I speak with on the phone uh, since this has been occurring, but obviously if if you've got baseball being played in other countries already and they've figured out a way to deal with these same pandemic issues um, and you've got other sports coming back in this country that are going to be given the okay to get back to work, I, I, I mean, if it's just contracts that are keeping you from getting back to work, you lose, you lose all the sympathy. It's just gone. I don't know how you explain. Well, we had contract issues, even though we know there are bigger issues going on in the world right now. We should be back to work that I, I i don't know how you explain it how do you how do you justify that others are willing to sacrifice their you know health and risk their safety for for the sake of the sport and for the issue of the entertainment I, I don't know how you justify it i know if i was sitting in a in a on a conference call and they were asking me do you want to get back to work i would literally say that i'd say how are we not going to get back to work everybody else is and i don't even know what you're talking about we have to get back to work that would be my my statement to anybody that would listen.
2: The other side of it, though, is like, look, for the owners, this is a lifetime, maybe inf- infinity investment, right? They're, and they're having a really bad year, but they're going to be able to recoup that over time. Whereas if you're a player, there's a finite time that you're going to be able to get to do it. And to renegotiate the prorated salary in the middle of this it, it's, it just seems incredibly short-sighted to me from the owner's side of it. Like, look, you, you get as much dough as you can possibly get here, reward the players, and then you guys can continue and, and, and keep your game in the forefront. So for the long haul, my bottom line looks a whole lot better than what could possibly be if we're not on the, on the field at all right now.
1: Honestly, when it comes to the owners and it comes to the players agreeing on any financial issues. There's been a trust issue no matter what for so long. So, you know, whether the owners are saying, hey, look, this is obviously we're going to take a loss, whether the players are saying, hey, we've got short careers. I don't have the answers for that. And I don't have, honestly, I've always felt when I look at that, that everybody has something to lose, the players and the owners. They both have a lot to lose when it comes to these negotiations. That's why I'm always about, let's find the middle ground where we're both happy. But it has to be starting with trust. You've got to trust what you're being told. I also do believe this, and I have always felt this way. When you run a business, you know, it's it's you. You're paying for the product. How much you want to pay is up to you. I believe that. And if you don't feel like you want to pay a lot of money for a product, then you just say, I'm not going to pay. It. It's up to the, uh, the person that's receiving that offer to say, no, that's not good enough for me. And go on about your business and look for the best you can elsewhere or accept what somebody's offering you. So that's what negotiations are. It's really about um, if you can walk away happy, both of you, that's great. Or sometimes somebody's going to have their feelings hurt. I was on part of that with with the arbitration settlement. Well, actually win for me at one time where ownership wasn't happy about me winning. So it happens in business. They weren't happy. If I would have lost, I would have looked at it and went, oh, I'm not happy about losing. I just got to get back to work. So either way, it was settled and everybody has to move on.
0: You know, the, the seasons were shortened in, in 81 after the strike, and they were also shortened in 95 after the 94 strike. I'm just kind of curious, too, from your perspective as a player, when you look at the amount of games that are being talked about, if they play 50, if they play 82, if they play 114, do you get some satisfaction still with the uh, numbers you put up? I mean, are, are, do they I, – I guess when you're looking for a contract later on, you, you look back at these numbers, you think, well, it wasn't a full season, but it was the season,
1: right? Well, Andy, I think – if they came out with a 50 game season, a 100 game season, it, it really is never going to be a full Major League Baseball season. Statistics aren't really that important for the record books, in my opinion, now. What it is important is that you figure out how to have fun with what's never going to probably happen to you again in your career. You look at it and go, hey, look, hey, this could be the one year that over a short period of time I can really excel because I'm good in bursts. I mean it depends on who you are. You could literally take advantage of a shorter season and look season and look like you are a legend of all time for one year. So it's all about perspective in my opinion. It's how do you approach it? How do you think about it? I I would look at it as a new challenge, something fun, something different and not worry about it because it's never going to it's never going to be replicated in your career again where you go out and play Sixty games and it's considered a, well That's that was my baseball season you just deal with what you have in front of you in my opinion and you make the most out of it.
2: I actually think it could be incredibly entertaining. Very cool yeah. Like every single game almost because you're in a pennant chase instantly as the season starts right? I mean, that's what it is. You got 50 games. Everyone's in it. Even like the, the, the team that is expected to win 60 games, you can make an argument, well, we got off to a good start here. You know, we're right in the thick of it with the expanded playoffs, right? I think it'd be awesome.
0: Forget about the marathon. It's a sprint.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The one
1: thing that I've, I have thought about, too, when you, when you approach it like that, like, hey, man, we're in this, It really does come down to the owners are not going to try and put their players at risk. Their investments in these players are still long-term. You don't want to send somebody out and say, we got to go for it. This is our chance when injury can come up because you've not been active enough. It does take time to get your mid season form. So you're cautious of the spring training. You're not letting your starters go nine innings. You know, you're, you're not sending your sprinters out. We need to steal a hundred bases this week. I mean, you gradually work up to these things So, you don't want to push it. I think it's just, it's interesting to think. Let's, it's, you know, it's all out. Let's go for 50, 60 games. But that also goes with the fact that you have to make sure that you're not injuring players saying, let's go all out. And, I know for a fact the owners are always going to be cognizant of the fact that they've got to protect their players and their investments long term. So they'll tell their staff, "Hey, hey, hey! I, yeah, I want to win, but let's not do anything silly now. Let's let's be careful with our investments."
2: Or DJ's dog getting excited yeah. by the fifty to sixty game schedule. That was a fired up bark right there. <laughs> Dog's ready to go. <laughs> hey. Stop is dropping on my doggy.
0: <laughs> hey DJ, you know you hit on that point too. That that it's, it's kind of frustrating to me to think that you know this is a once in a lifetime. We we hope, knock on wood, situation. And it's it's difficult sometimes to see the forest through the trees. But you would hope that you could kind of get through all that and see that yeah, this is a one time blip in the road here. We're gonna find a way to recover from it. But also let's have a little fun, not only with the, the length of the season, but the the teams you're gonna be playing. It's gonna be regionalized play. You're gonna get to see a lot more midwestern teams facing off against each other, which a lot of people would like to see from the from the beginning.
1: That's another way to look at it. You look at these three divisions, you get to see teams that you wouldn't normally see. I like the uniqueness of it. I, I like it, and it also it opens up to a future negotiation of something that you saw if it worked like that if other people liked it it, it now you sit there and go hey wait a minute what do we want to do with scheduling what do we want to do with divisions in the future look what we did back in 2019 look what we did in 2020 look what we in the comparison of the two years look at the attendance look at the viewership i mean you look at the differences and you look to the future i mean it's something that's different and it's interesting and i don't think that can ever be bad
2: Darren Jackson White sox radio with us here on seven twenty wGn d j uh what has been your thoughts watching the world spin right now and so many athletes coming out and and making powerful statements? Uh, Lucas Giolito from the White Sox to Tim Anderson's been at the forefront of this you of course you know, played the game you, I, I was looking at some of your Little League pictures there you, it seemed like you were one of the few people of color on the team uh, and just being around the game and just seeing all this conversation coming um, I, I'm just curious how it's all resonating with you and maybe it's just, it just it does it feel like this is a, a perhaps a tipping point that we've never been to before?
1: Well, I I know. It's kind of like, to me, history is repeating itself. I mean, this nation's been through this before. It's it's not, you know, it's not that it's unusual. The, the unusual part is, it seems like we were moving in the right direction for so many years. And there are those that disagree with that right now, unfortunately, that they think, well, this has been, we've been a separated and a divided nation before this. And Look, I'm give you an example. And this is the way I I approach things because I've dealt with racism racism and prejudice in my life. I mean, like probably you guys have. So I played in Japan for two years in a nation that um, is very closed off and had been historically to, to outsiders. And when I got there, They were the kindest and most friendly people i had ever met. Very respectful. Everybody in that nation, felt I felt like they treated me with respect and kindness. Now, they might have been talking about me behind my back as much as they want, but they never showed it to my face. So I looked at it like I'd walk away going, I don't care what they're saying right now about me. They never disrespected me. They were very kind to me in person. They may not like me. And that's the approach I think we were at. We were at, even though there are people that may feel certain ways in this nation, um, you know what? You weren't disrespecting others. You just kept it to yourself, and you got along. And that's what I think has made this nation keep moving forward. But now, all of a sudden, we have these setbacks once again, and we got to start all over because we've taken steps backwards and progressing to a united, balanced, and equal nation. So... You know, I just look at all this, and just like anybody else, just anybody that really, truly cares about the betterment of the nation, I think you just look at it and you just shake your head in disgust and disapproval of what what we've been dealing with once again. And somehow we've got to come back from these steps taken back and slowly, gradually gain steps forward. It's going to take time, but we got to get there. We've done it. We've got to do it again.
0: And, DJ, real quick, too, I mean, we, we talked about this last week, Carmen and I were on the air when uh, all heck was breaking loose here in downtown and things were going crazy around the nation as well. And uh, it does come down to that one word that Aretha Franklin sang about so well, and it's R-E-S-P-E-C-T, and it, there's just not enough
1: of it, right? Well, there's no there's no doubt. There's unfortunately too much disrespect to each other's faces. And, you know, how about an open dialogue? How about finding out, learning about people and, and talking to them? It's always been that in the first place. No matter what. Just get to know people. I, I don't get it. I hear, I hear people condemn total races or or nationalities, and I don't get it. I don't. I, I've traveled in so many places around the world, and I don't make any assumptions till I get there. And it's got nothing to do with the nation itself. It's got to be. It's got to do with the people that I meet, and it's about learning their cultures and fitting them into how they are. We do. We have new, have to do the same thing in this nation, right? Just learn what the other people in this country are doing, find out about them, and. I think you accept them as their differences are not the same as what you would want, but that doesn't matter. You disrespect them. You respect them for the way they act as long as they're respecting you back. So I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a messed up situation. I love the opportunity to be uh, in a position I'm in and, and have a voice in this nation. But at the same time, I'm also fortunate enough to work in an organization that has been on the forefront of advancing minorities and women and putting them in positions of power. And, and uh, you know what? I, I'm one of the luckier guys in this nation. I've been around really good people for such a long time that I've never felt uncomfortable or out of place, and I wouldn't change a thing for me personally on how I've been treated in this nation of late.
2: Darren Jackson, White Sox Radio. Would, great to be with you, DJ. We really appreciate it. You know this. I'm, yeah, Carm, it's
1: really a pleasure to talk to you guys. Andy, hopefully you know it. I get to see you guys right back there at uh, at the ballpark before we know it. Let's keep our fingers crossed, oh, right?
2: Amen like to that. I, I, okay. I, I hope so. I really, 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 really <laughs> hope so. I'm, I'm, uh, there's a dry, There's a bit of me that's losing a little bit of faith here, Darren Jackson, but I, but we'll, we'll, we shall see. I, at, at the end of the day, though, if I had to bet for the record, I, I'll, they'll figure it out. There's too much at stake. they, they got to figure it out at some point here. <laughs> I'm
1: just fingers crossed. I'm not holding my breath. As you guys, fingers crossed. (laughs) Exactly.
2: That's it. DJ, be be well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Be well. Take care, DJ Darren Jackson, White Sox Radio, seven twenty WGN.